Welcome to Love Beyond Limits. We are your hosts, Desire, a polyamorous submissive, and Purity, a monogamous dominant sadist. Our perspectives may differ, but our goal is the same. We are all about empowering you to navigate the crazy world of modern dating so you can get the love you deserve and the sex life the scissors with a hint of king thrown in. Join two friends as they talk about dating dilemmas, teeny sexcapades, and unconventional relationships. Whether you are curious about poly, dipping your toes in the kinky scene, or just want some real talk on love, sex, and the whole shebang, you are in the right place. Together, let's break boundaries and redefine what true love really is. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to vet poly partners. If you listen to our previous episodes, we already discussed where to find poly partners and we gave you some ideas. Now, just because you found a few people that you are talking to and they are poly or because you are just like talking to one of them who is poly, we are going to share our experiences and our advices about how to make sure that they are like truly poly, what kind of Poly, they are actually practicing uh, another topic that we approach in our uh, first uh, episode and uh, how to make sure that this is the right guy for you. Like if you have questions, the questions that both me and Desire also ask to ourselves and we want to share with you our uh, own experiences. When I first started practicing polyamory, I went on apps for polyamorous people and I thought that everyone there was poly or looking for the same thing and I realized that there are so many different styles of practicing polyamory and there are also a lot of people that either practice polyamory only for a season until they find the one or that they are not polyamorous at all and misunderstand polyamory for hookups. Yes, definitely, because I had my own experiences of people that were saying uh, they are poly, but in the end, like through our discussions, we I realized that they don't really know what poly means, or I was, you know, like perplexed because they were talking about different things that to me didn't meant poly, so there were some red flags there. Um, we are going to take step by step into this episode and to discuss everything. So at the course of several months, I have had to learn to vet people i had to learn what questions to ask sometimes even before a first date if i met them online to make sure that there is some sort of match that you're actually looking for the same things they yes. understand you speak the same language because it happens to me as you know like we are talking and yes we are poly uh, he was saying that he's poly i'm actually you are considering me poly so you are saying that i'm like monogamish yes you are uh, and or those people that are for a season but they were implying different things so I was a little yes. bit confused and you kindly explained to me everything how everything goes and through your experiences I also got to learn and now I know what kind of questions I get to ask and how to properly vet poly people the first thing that I want to start with is uh, a big reflect for me is when men reply with monosyllables so let me explain what i mean by that i have learned when i match with someone to be very upfront about being poly around the moment i am practicing solo poly but i am looking for both secondary and a primary partner i 
have a secondary partner and I emphasize that I uh, like the dating aspect. So for me, poly is about having a relationship. There's an emotional connection. There's actually going out to dinner, walks in the park, doing activities. Yeah, any activity that we both enjoy, spending time together to bond. And the sex is only a small part that comes from there. Because when you have a, a great connection with someone, sex happens. Right, all of this. And I've had a lot of men just reply, yes, okay, sounds cool, I'm on board. Like very short answers. And I come to the point that when I see something like that, I don't continue the conversation because in my experience, the few times when I went out with men, I just said, yeah, I'm okay with that, cool. I went on the date and it was pretty clear that they were only interested in having sex with me as soon as possible. Or they were thinking that, yeah, maybe we are going on a date the first time and the second time, and then we are going to meet only for casual thing for the sex thing. I think and... there are some men that just try, they think, as long as I can get it in person, then I have a chance of sleeping with her. For me, it's like, you just lied to me, I would have sleep with you. I also remember that some of your conversation didn't even end up with the first day because you were explaining them that you are poly and everything that you said up until now and they were like very monosyllabic, yes, yes. that works for me. And then the more in the conversation, because you were trying to ask questions, you know, to get like a proper answer, like or more than just two words from them. Yes. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, I understand. And from the conversation that you are having afterwards, it they were just all the time bringing it back to sex. Yes. Know? And that's why for me, if I, if someone only replies, yes, okay, cool. I don't take the conversation further anymore because if someone is really poly, they will explain to you what their style of polyamory is, if they have other partners. So there's going to be a real conversation with real poly people who always have the conversation. So after the initial message, when I just give them like a brief summary of what I do, what style of practice, that I'm seeing someone else, what I want, then we can start with questions. And one of the questions that I ask, for example, is how long have you been poly? This is actually a good one because like starting to this whole journey of being poly, like I would say only a few years ago, like yes. three years ago or so. So do you think that is a red flag if someone told you, no, I'm just a beginner. I just started a few months ago. Or something. I... Because we all had to start at some point yes. if we want to take on this journey. Let me say that even with the other questions, being a beginner, not having much experience, it's not necessarily a red flag. But when I was starting out, I was telling people, I feel like I've always been poly, but I didn't know it. Because monogamy is all I knew about. And I shared my story in the very first episode. But in the past few years, when I realized that there's another option, polyamory is an option, I started doing some research. I started reading books like The Ethical Slash. So I was starting to get familiar with this lifestyle before I started practicing. So if you're a beginner, I, I would ask things like, what, what's making you consider it? How did you learn about this lifestyle? And some people have a friend that introduced them to this lifestyle. Some people were in a relationship that at some point it got open and then then they broke up and went back to monogamy or maybe questions like what what kind of style are you practicing what kind of poly type of poly yes. are you practicing so or do you consider practicing if you are just at the beginning so what i want to see in a beginner in someone that is just embracing the poly lifestyle is an interest in more than just dating i want to know that they actually 
maybe I've read some books or some articles, listen to some podcasts, or maybe they have friends that are Paul and they know things from, from you know, second-hand experience. So I want to know that they actually care about the life, so just the sex. You basically want to know if they read the terms and conditions. Yes. And I the terms and conditions. This is actually what... And for someone like me, the terms and conditions, and this is so long. You see, when you started embracing, for you it's more the kinky than the poly lifestyle, but you came to me that I was already practicing, you were asking me lots of questions. So you don't have to read books or listen to podcasts, but you have to find a way to get to the information. From somewhere, right? Yes. If it's either for you, if books works or podcasts work, or asking a friend, someone who has experience yes. in the scene, like at least get your information and know what you are talking about i want to see genuine interest yes so i want to know how long have you been in the lifestyle or how long have you been considered in polyamory and i would also want to know what style of poly do you practice because there are so many different styles some people are just swingers some people want to have like a primary partner some want to have children with someone they are married with someone was always that for them throughout their life but they also want secondary partners some people just don't settle down with anyone they just have multiple partners some people are not sure what style they are they just want to practice but i would want to ask them for example for me if someone practices winking well I'm not interested in it at all, so that would not be a, a match for me. If someone is monogamish, again, I'm looking for uh, secondary partners or primary partners, so like dating, regular long-term dating. So someone that is monogamish and is only allowed to have fun on a holiday to satisfy a certain cake, but not others for me wouldn't work. So you are rejecting me right here and there, like <laughs> live on the podcast, you are rejecting me because I'm okay. Like, I like to have my fun at the parties, like play at the parties, but without being like sexually intimate, yeah. if it's, if that makes sense. So you said like uh, this thing that you are talking about uh, up until now, it's about like uh, beginners. But once, you know, they are telling you, well, I'm not a beginner. I've been uh, poly for a while now. What kind of questions are you asking them? Like, are you asking them? Uh, about the experience the partners what what yes. do you want to one know? thing that i ask is how many partners do you currently have and what's the relationship with those partners again do you have a primary partner you do life with are you seeing multiple women or multiple men or, or both and if you do when do you have the time i want to understand how many partners they have and what dynamic they have with those partners so that i know how that fit in in the dynamic and did actually have the time to make time for me. If I find someone that's asked me, I don't have the time, I don't find the time. Well, I know that's not someone that wants to commit. It's not a match for me. Maybe it is for you. Maybe you're just looking for someone to, uh, to see once a month. So there is no right or wrong, but it's about being clear on what am I looking for and asking the right questions to see, am I actually fitting in? Will this person make time for me? Will this person give me the dating that, that I desire? I have this saying, you make time according to your priorities. Yes. So if you want to find time for a new poly partner, you will make it if that person is uh, important to you. I understand that when you're meeting someone for the first time, maybe you are still texting on the app, we are on the first date. You don't care enough about the person to fully commit to them. But if you are serious about finding a secondary partner or finding a long-term play partner, you will ask for a second date. You will text during the week, like you will find ways to signal that I am committed to making the time to 
take this further. So if I don't see that on the first date, if I see on the on the first day that you are telling me that you don't have much time, you really are not committed to finding a poly partner. Maybe you are into more the desire of having sex with someone new, or you are in love with the idea of falling in love with someone new, but there's no commitment that to actually making that happen. What about some of the red flags? For me, it's um, in my experience, like men that are trying to groom. They are trying yeah. to groom you. And I know like you have more experience in into, into this field. Like you've been talking even on the apps and the conversations like, man, I don't have the patience for that. And, and that's why I have a crop and a cane, right? <laughs> like that. Like, I'm always open and honest about what I'm looking for. But sometimes I come across men that say they want what I want, but then they will try to see the conversation towards what they actually want. And some men are quite creative. I had an experience at the beginning of my poly journey. I was talking to this guy and telling him one casual dating. And he seemed to care with that. And at some point he asked me, can we play a game? Can we play true for there? Now, I know that <laughs> I, I much to purity chagrin. I am not a daring person. <laughs> I don't like doing this and being embarrassed. So I always choose truth. You are very predictable and you are like choosing safety and like, where's the fun? Like you just are there once in a while. So you are getting away with like the easy stuff, like saying the yes. truth and yeah. And so we started this game of Truth for Jail, where I noticed that the questions were getting progressively more and more sexual. So one question is, do you shave down there? One question was, hey, that would be a question that I would ask. <laughs> But I would tell people, like, it's not the last event. I was telling someone, someone said, like, I hope we can become regular play partners. And I was like, you know, touching his chest. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I have some requests. And I said, yeah, what kind of requests do you have? And I said, like, well, you'll have to wax your hair from the chest. And so like, hmm, you can wax it. And I said, oh, that should be a play. Like, that should be the starting of a play. So what's wrong with that question? Like, you shave down there, like. I, you know, you know me, I like, I like men that shave down there and everywhere. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that question. It's about how is conversation flowing, right? Where is it leading? And now? then he asked me, do you shave down there? Have you ever had sex uh, on a first date? And questions that were like progressively more and more sexual and more and more personal that realized, hmm, this guy just wants to see how far he can take it on our first date. And then I realized that he wanted to meet at the pub five minutes from his place. So this guy already had an agenda that this guy was fishing to see how easy I was. And I went along with it just for fun. That was my fun. So maybe he had, uh, you know, like a time limit, like, oh, I don't want to invest a lot of time into yeah. like a new partner. I want things to go very fast or like for me, it's like one date I should get her into bed or maybe like the second yeah. one, like, you know, rushing things. Like you would notice that he was rushing things. And man can be very creative because it may sound like an exciting game. So it can be careful. Uh, to me, this is grooming because it was progressively taking more and more sexual to fit his needs as opposed to what I wanted. I had another guy that he said he wanted to date and he loved to spoil women. If I like to be spoiled. Want... And then no gifts or what? Because <laughs> if you are touching this subject with me and you are telling me that you like to spoil women and gifts and then you present yourself and no gifts, like, man, your word is your bound. Where are my gifts? Like, I'm sorry, but that's my love language. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs>
Well, in this case, I think I could have had a shot at actually getting some expensive lingerie at least. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. <laughs> the initial conversation was all about, I like to date and get to know you, dinner, drinks, expensive presents. We agreed to meet and it turned out that he was looking for someone to have sex with without protection, which for me is a huge no-no. And so, please mention that you actually didn't meet him. You are yeah. like the questions just pop up like with a few hours before the date. Yes. Still chatting online. I will reveal the full story in another episode, but just the day before, it turns out that he was looking for someone that basically has sex without protection first, which to me is a massive, massive red flag. And if you see that, I will never meet you. That's why I'm saying these men are trying to groom you because they start to reveal the true colors when they think, oh, I got her. Some men use um, gifts, the promise of throwing money at you or spending money on you, especially right now that the cost of living is so high. So they're going to be tempted to say yes, just because they, they are in a tough situation financially. Maybe here it will come the judgment from, from some of our listeners that they will say, oh, they are materialistic, they are gold diggers, they are there after the money. But, you know, these things can happen even without an economical situation. There are women out there who just like men that provide for them. And yes. that's like another discussion. Or women like me who they absolutely love gifts. For me, like any any small gift, like I'm so happy when I receive something mm -hmm. that I'm like smiling like a child. Don't throw that on there in the discussion and then call the woman that she's like, you know, pin it on her and blame it on her. Oh, she wanted to go with me just because of that. Yeah. Are you doing that because you genuinely love to provide for your woman? Or are you doing that because you're trying to buy the woman? And especially when you are trying to take advantage of someone that may be in financial difficulties, well, that's even worse. How would you know how to spot unavailable people? Because yeah, right now we focus mostly on making sure that someone is poly or making sure that someone has the same relationship style as you are. But there are people that they possibly are poly, and they may have been poly for a long time, but they are not necessarily emotionally available. And for me, polyamory is all about that emotional connection. It's about dating multiple people. You don't necessarily have to be in love with all your partners, but when you are dating, obviously you're going to develop feelings of varying intensity. Would you say that people, men, women, that are calling themselves, oh, I am poly, but they are not emotionally available, they are still being poly or they are just you know pretending and they're just one like a one night stand they just want to hook up they want something that you know doesn't involve the entire thing like the dating the activities all the experience and they're yeah. just masking this under the word of poly because poly now it's becoming like a trend everyone's yes. using it i think it really depends on the person i think some of them have a genuine desire to be poly and practice poly but there's something happened to them Maybe just simply broke up. So they are just not ready for a relationship. And there are other people that are just looking for hookups. And they are masking it under the terms of poly. So for me, there are different categories of emotionally unavailable people. The first one that comes to mind is people that have just gone through a breakup and, and are still emotionally hurt by the breakup. And I want to emphasize this because when I first started uh, practicing poly, when I met my secondary partner, I had broken up with my boyfriend something like three weeks before. If you just look at the length of time, you may say that I was not emotionally available. 
but actually I was. My partner and I started having problems before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit and we basically were stuck in the house together for like two years. At that point, I was like, I don't want to be alone because social distancing, if you were single, you were literally alone in the house for an entire year. I was like, okay, let's try to make things work. But you both agree because you also agree to like continue and live yes. together. So you are, you are giving each other time to try either to fix things or to, you know, wait for the pandemic to finish yes. and then to go your separate ways. So during all this time and the pandemic was so long, I think you actually had the time to process yeah, and to me, think this and to become emotionally yeah. available. For me, during that time that we were stuck together, at first I was trying to make things work, but then I realized that, oh, actually I'm not in love with this person. I started processing the breakup before we actually broke up. So by the time that I am secondary. You are like already emotionally detached from the relationship that you have. Yes. More in the friend. I had already processed the emotional breakup. I was emotionally ready to invest. It in was just the physical part that you are supposed to like to cut out, like was following to cut out, like to move separate, to find a place yes. to live, like just the logistics, I would say. And there are cases where couples stay together for the kids because they have a mortgage, whatever, whatever it is for you, but you know deep down the relationship is finished a long time ago and you already process that breakup while staying in the relationship and in the same house <laughs> and so you can meet someone new and fall in love and be emotionally available so to me the red flag is when someone still hang up on their exes they are still crying over it they will keep talking about their exes all the time you know there's something that still holds them together so to me that's like a sign that the person is not ready for the relationship then how about an example like uh, remember let's say mr eminem yes that i do I, <laughs> that i uh, recently met through the uh, through fedlife website and he actually approached me and we started talking every day although these guys had like so many red flags from the beginning so, so then we ended up going on a date and especially since you are saying like people that are married, they have kids. So again, he he's married, he has two kids. He, everything was so far so great when I asked like, okay, but as your wife knows about this, because you are talking about maybe they process the breakup and everything. And he was telling me, yes, we are together in the beginning, but we are not actually together. And I said, how you are not together? And you are living together, but actually sleeping separate, even in separate rooms, not only separate bedrooms. But then the more I uh, took the discussion like into detail to see what's really happening, because like we were talking previously, you need to ask questions until you like feel comfortable. And I'm quite a detective <laughs> as, you, as you know me. And especially when we went on like a first and only date, he was actually hiding things. So by asking questions, I realized that actually his wife didn't know. He is actually, his wife was controlling even like his bank accounts. This guy was paying actually in cash everywhere where whenever I ask him about previous experiences, like recommendations, because in a future episodes, we are going to yeah. talk about how to vet submissives. So I'm actually asking for uh, recommendations. So he was telling me he played yeah. with films, but he was paying in cash. So that was another red flag. This is like, brings me to the another type of emotionally unavailable people, which is the people where only one partner in the relationship agrees to open, which is cheating, or 
the other partner says yes, but it's reluctant. In your case, the partner didn't know at all. This guy is emotionally unavailable to himself if he doesn't even admit what his kinks are, but also he can give you the scraps available to get to know you, to support you, but you also know that he's always going to the extent that he can hide from his partner and partner but to find out it will be history in a second so i said i sensed a red flag and from the beginning his message was like oh i'm available we can meet and something and then while the discussion progressed i realized oh you are actually available only three days per week yeah. you are available only you know during office hours while mm-hmm. you are at work and you are able to uh, walk away and whatever you are saying before I was actually breaking every, you know, every phrase that yeah. you are saying because you are telling me, you are showing me like, you know, something else. I think he would like to be emotionally available, but at the moment it's, it's just not. He was operating from fear and he was so afraid that his wife would find out he had an unfortunate experience in the past. So apparently he didn't learn anything yeah. from that. He was afraid to being blackmailed because of his position at the job. He yeah. actually loved his children very, very much and he didn't want obviously to hurt his children or for his children to find out. Regardless of how pure his intentions are, and of course when there are children in involved you always want to treat carefully but now we are going into the sub story i would love to give you all of these but reasons why i can't and to me it's a red flag we'll always be in second best he doesn't want to hurt his children but he wants to hurt you you know what i mean like when you are hiding something someone is going to get hurt Yes, definitely. That's why I was asking him if you, because in the beginning he was telling me, you know, we are like actually over. We are staying only for the kids. We haven't been involved, you know, like our marriage is breaking up. And I was saying, okay, so if you, if you are telling me all this and if you are saying that you sleep even separate in separate rooms, not only separate beds, that it means that your wife some somehow agrees to you having like both of you having separate lives and he was like no actually not because she doesn't want me to go on with my life and i said that it means that something is wrong there you know that's so they don't get me started on women they don't want to sleep with their partner but they don't want them to sleep with someone else either like it's just... i think it's going to be another long pieces me off so much a long episode we wouldn't be able to do like even the activities you know going to a restaurant something yes. you're always going to look over your shoulder and say like oh maybe someone is seeing me at the restaurant this guy paid cash all the time you know and he was trying like yeah i'm doing it from my savings too much fast you know? it's not worth it i have a similar story where in this case the partner gave permission to him see other people but was reluctant so it was actually my very first poly date and he told me that he was in a like he was married to an asexual woman so she had sex with him to have the children and when she was done with that she was done with sex and it was like well i'm too young to go without sex so can we open the relationship and she said yes but you could see that she was not okay with it so to me when i vet poly partners i need to know that their partner knows about yes other partners and she consented if she has her own partners even better because that's a truly equal relationship but i need to know that the partner is on board and so when when he said yeah my partner said yes but she's having a hard time with me sleeping with other women and we're seeing a therapist I was like, I don't want to get involved because obviously the partner can say that she's okay, but she obviously is not. And two things went through my mind. First of all, is she what was able basically to pull the plug at any yes. time. 
Yes, what happens if she just says, I thought I was okay with it, but I'm not. Especially if you were, if she was going to say this after months of you yeah. already dating this guy. I don't want to even just build a friendship and have feelings for someone. And then a third person decides if he can see that or not. So, But also the other thing that came to my mind was what kind of rules will they have? Maybe she's okay with me satisfying that urge. So sleeping with a partner. But will she have been okay with me going out to dinner? going on holidays actually spending time outside of the bedroom because some women are okay with their partner having sex with someone else but they don't want the partner to be uh, emotionally attached yeah. or some women are okay with you no know, you can do these sexual acts but you can't do those other acts so every partner has these rules and some rules make sense i understand if someone doesn't want to bring another partner in the in the bed where you yeah. sleep with your primary partner some things make sense but when there are too many mm-hmm. rules you know about when to meet and when you get to meet that again where does that leave me because i feel like i'm getting the scraps don't you feel like a puppet it's like i would feel like someone else is running the show you know like yeah. his main partner his primary partner yeah. is actually you know like puppeting me like pulling my strings and like making the decisions for for actually both you and the guy it would be ideal obviously to have autonomy and to have authority both you and him and to decide whatever you want and everything to be open and out there and like i said emotionally available a truly truly polyamorous relationship is a relationship where every partner knows about everyone else and everyone is given their consent and everything is discussed of course when you are dating someone that has a primary partner or multiple partners you are entering a dynamic that was already existing there so I wouldn't recommend that you just go in and try to change the rules, especially if you are with someone that has a primary partner. I want to know that I'm not going to be too restricted. Yeah. My desires and my wants are taken into consideration as well. And your story is very helpful. And I actually learned from your story because quite recently, like a few, maybe two or three weeks ago, remember I was approached by someone on Fed Life who actually had, uh, who actually has a partner, which is like not a sexual no not sexual but like vanilla and you actually reminded me when i told you the story about him you reminded me your own story and i started uh, asking the right questions and more in-depth details and then because the conversation was flowing and it was so easy going and we are like almost agreeing to meet and then i said like okay but I want to know more about your relationship with your partner. Like, what will happen? Like, we will meet. Maybe we decide, you know, to have a play together, to have a dynamic. Uh, in the next few days, we're talking about this. He was actually talking to her, I think. And he came back to me and he said, yes, I, as much as I love our conversation or something, indeed, you are right. It wouldn't be feel, it wouldn't feel right uh, to you to meet and then to develop something because she may want at some point to end this and I don't want any of us to get hurt and yeah. you know basically step into the play so yeah. yeah we decided to end it right then and there and I was happy that I asked all those details I was happy that you know like are you really sure even you that you talk to her and you express like tell her how amazing our conversations yeah. are tell her how you are already beginning to feel about me like our dynamic that you see there and you would like to see me you know like once a week at least there's not some people that think of polyamory open a relationship as a way to fix their own relationship they bring more excitement or they find someone satisfy a kink their primary relationship would actually work but that's not still the case yeah because they are some of them they are opening their relationship they are trying you know to give their 
toes into the kingisin or polyamorisin and they are thinking okay if we try you know for a while to experiment with other people it will work so there is absolutely the possibility of falling in love and i've spoken to people that have been poly for a long time and they have a primary partner they have children with them or they are married to them they see their partner falling in love with secondary partner which can be challenging, even though that's what polyamory is, loving multiple yeah. people, to actually see your partner being the honeymoon face with someone else, it can trigger feelings of jealousy. So it takes it, you need to be really emotionally mature and intelligent to be able to navigate that and realize that, yeah, I can have those feelings for someone else. Also, he cares about me. It doesn't have to be an either or me or her, me or him. It can be a both end and you can have different dynamics and different feelings for both people. How about those people that are saying they are poly, but once you start talking to them, not only that, maybe somehow you don't realize that you are not on the same page, but they are taking the discussion. They are telling you whatever you want to hear. Probably, but that's a lie now. Now that's yeah. a lie. And they are actually not poly. They are looking, you know, to like different experiences with different people like how can you avoid that ask them what style they are practicing if they have other partners ask them what their experiences with polyamory is how how long was their longest relationship with how often they are looking for new partners if someone wants to lie to you they will lie to you there is nothing to be done about that but just by talking to people and asking about their personal experiences you can understand a lot and even just seeing how they behave like are they, are they taking a conversation directly to sex how many partners do you currently have how many partners do you want what would be your ideal dynamic what have been your previous experiences how long does the relationship lasted if, if you know that someone is poly but the longest relationship was like two months well that's a reflect to me so you are talking about people that are poly who want to establish like long-term connections or for others, maybe poly means, do you think for others poly means just like short-term relationships, like two or three months? Those are still poly. Or they may say, oh, we we tried for two, three months, but it's not working, then moving on. No? But that's normal relationships. The, the thing I'm trying to say is that if you're actually poly and you're looking for uh, secondary partners, primary partners, if you're looking for anything more than your cup, you are open to the possibility of it being long-term. So if you see that someone is constantly starting to see new people, is constantly going on dates, that don't seem to uh, even just one part to see regularly, that to me would be a red flag. And so I would ask, okay, so what does poly mean to you? How long do you see this relationship going? Are you looking for something long term or something short term? Without any judgment, because again, some people just want something short term, and particularly ask for personal experiences, ask for what happened in their previous relationship so you've been open before why did you open the relationship what happened there why did it end how about asking their own partners or the other secondary partners about them like to give you know like a, a vetting someone else to vet for you because when we are going to talk about the subs i'm going to say that yes i asked for some kind of references so i would know that if i should trust you well for me if i'm seeing someone that they tell me they've been with their partner for a few years then I would ask, uh, have your other partners met your primary partner? Or if you have multiple partners, do your partners know each other? Because to me, if they say yes, then 
that is a positive sign. If they say, no, my partner is not, is not okay with that, or it's not necessarily a red flag, but again, I would ask more questions about why your partner does not want to meet anyone else. You don't have to become best friends. And no, but it is like to meet them, to know that indeed their partner is okay yeah. with that. Things I know that, for example, you don't speak on the phone. But I, rather than texting, I prefer to speak on the phone, like voice notes. And if they are like, you know, someone the other day was telling me like, oh, you know, I cannot because my wife is sleeping. And I would say like, okay, I can understand, you know, but he went into the other room and he was um, sending me either voice notes or texting. Like if you are unavailable every night and you cannot speak yeah. openly while you are at home, while I know that you finish your working hours, like for me, that is something is. like you are always all the time busy. If they say, yeah, she's okay with this, everything is okay, but I never hear her. I never see him feeling comfortable speaking with me on the phone or via text while he's at home. Then something is like an yes. Red flag there. Asking for stories or what happens, situation, what happens. You can actually get a, a more honest answer that way than by asking direct questions, especially if someone has something to hide. Wouldn't they feel interrogated at that point, like the more you go into depth? Because someone asked me, for example, say like, okay, my wife knows about this. She's not into this uh, dominating things, BDSM, but she knows about this. And I said, okay, so your wife knows. And I tried to ask some questions. I said, why do you always ask about my wife? If every time I touch there, it's something, it yeah. feels like it's pain, then for me, it's not, yeah. you know? So I'm talking to this person. It's something yeah. wrong there. We are just having another conversation and that is flowing freely. It shouldn't feel like an interrogation, but yeah, if someone doesn't want to disclose anything, I mean, I respect that, obviously. But it also makes me think, makes me question, what is, is there something there that you're not telling me? Some people are just looking for hookups. There are also people that they practice polyamory in between monogamous relationships. So I heard this a lot of times that my end goal is to meet the one and settle down, but in the meantime, I, just I will have some fun. There's nothing wrong with that. If you are okay with the dynamic, Maybe you hope that you will be the one for that person. Maybe maybe you're looking for the same thing. Then go for it. Can't you just be monogamish in between just to go at the park and have fun, <laughs> but without... <laughs> if you're looking for a long-term connection, I would like that there is an expiration date. Because relationships can end for what kind of reasons, obviously. But I would like to know the when you find someone better, a mystery. Yeah, definitely. It's like you have a time limit yes. on it. Or maybe for some people it's okay because who knows, they are moving away in five months, they are yeah. going to get another job, they this... are leaving, they are, you know, they are here just for the summer, they are here just for the season. Yeah, there is no right or wrong, it depends on what you are looking for, but it's, if you're looking for a long-term partner, primary partner, secondary partner, I would actually uh, be wary of getting involved with someone that is telling you they are in between relationships. But also sometimes you don't know. There are cases of people saying that they are uh, polyamorous, and then they fall in love, and they start to be monogamous with that person, and the other partners just get dumped. And it, I respect everyone's decision, obviously. Sometimes you just can't, the hard ones or the hard ones, sometimes you can't predict these things. I'm just saying, if you know in advance that you want to be monogamous in the end, disclose that from the beginning so the person can decide if they want to take the risk and get involved with you or not. 
How about if you are uh, dating someone who obviously is poly and you are trying to get, let's say, feedback or reviews on them and you are going together at the same party. If he's well known in the scene or if he goes to some parties, sometime uh, there are these cases where you can ask about him at the party. You can yeah. ask other people at the party there, especially if they are, you know that they are telling you I'm constantly coming to this event, you know. For sure, he must uh, met or yeah. played with other partners there. So you can get information. Me, without without even wanted, like to the parties that I'm going to, people are like talking about each other. So you already know who's open, who's not open, who's married, who is just, you know, here by himself or, you know, the wife is at home, but she sometimes attends the parties. So you already kind of know the genuine people. The more you get involved in the policy, because it's, it's quite small, even in a city like London, it's still quite small. So the more you get involved in it, the more you're going to meet the same people and they can tell you, be careful or person that you are interested in and be the best person in the world, but it may just not be a match for you, for what you are looking for. And then there are the people that I see this on so many profiles online where they say they're looking for no strings attached, fun or drama-free. I'm always wondering how healthy is that? Like I went on a date once with a guy that again, I just explained to him that I want the dating. The conversation was quite fun in person because I was emphasizing the dating and he was bringing back to sex. And I said, I would like to, I like to go to restaurants and walks in the park and uh, museums. And he was like, yeah, but I am a very sexual person and I have my own needs. I want someone, I know someone that understands that a man has needs. And I was like, yeah, I understand that, but that comes from having a good connection what do you like to do in your free time and he was bringing him back to the sex he was basically telling you that he cannot wait for you to visit the museum he's getting holy <laughs> enough from the first painting or the first work of art there and he doesn't have the time to like go to a museum for like hours until you finish he was like no museums no boring no <laughs> But the thing that really puts me off from the conversation was that he kept referring to relationships as heavy. I don't want anything heavy. I don't want to get involved in something heavy. Heavy? Why would he yeah. label it as heavy? That's just my thought. Because it was the first person that I... He just said that several times. And I thought, well, if you think of a relationship as heavy, to me this is a red flag. You don't know how to actually navigate a relationship or how long... Uh, was your past relationship or are you leaving when something is heavy or when there are troubles are you the kind of person that when things get rough you are already oh i sleep i was wondering maybe yeah you know we all have a toxic relationship or a relationship that started amazing but uh, but the breakup was awful or maybe he didn't want to commit the time to meeting people regularly for dates and that relationship. But again, when you just label it as heavy, it makes me question things. And when you just say, I want drama-free, what does drama-free mean? Like if you get attached to someone, if you have a lot of feelings with someone, if your partner, your kinky partner, your play partner has some problem and they need help, you think that's drama? Yeah. Because to me, drama is jealousy like if you bring if you are jealous of me if you are possessive of me if you try to control my life i would say that is drama but being in a relationship and dating someone and developing feelings i don't feel that is drama i think that's healthy and that's human and that's yes. how it's supposed to be otherwise you are what we are going through the robot era yeah just becoming robots without feelings and we are doing things mechanic then you might just have sex like mechanic human beings are why have a connection like we 
we develop to be social beings. We live in communities. So if you don't want to get emotionally involved, if you don't want to develop feelings, if you don't want to go on dates or spend time together, then I personally don't think that it's healthy. Just go to a sex shop, buy a doll from there, or like, I don't know, apply for like paid services. At least it don't involve a real person into this yeah. and like you waste her time, energy, you know, make yeah. feelings get hurt or stuff yeah, like exactly. that. Like don't, don't take that because you are selfish. When I see NSA, no single attached fun, or when I see drama free in a profile, swipe left, not a match. Yeah, it wouldn't be something healthy that you would advertise there. Every Obviously, nobody wants drama, nobody wants that, but if you specifically advertise that. Yeah, if you're in equal relationship with heaviness and drama, there's something underneath the... Requires some sessions on our Patreon, yes. and you want to talk to us about that, or how do you see that? Like, yeah, just please visit us on Patreon and subscribe to one of our tiers and have a chat with us. Yeah. So we hope that this helped you understand how to vet poly partners. First step is to get crystal clear on exactly what you're looking for. If you're looking for play, if you're looking for dating, if you want a secondary partner, if you want a friendship with benefits, and then ask as many questions about previous experiences, how many partners they have, anything that you can think of to make sure that the other person is a match for you and is not just triggering you along or grooming you. And if you need help, if you are new to polyamory, or just don't know how to navigate certain situations. If you're looking for a new partner and you maybe you met someone, but you are not sure if you should progress in the relationship, there are options on our Patreon where you can have even just one-off sessions with one of us, and we can help you navigate and see if the person really is the right match for you, or we can tell you how to turn it down gently. I cannot wait to see you there with the message. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Lobby on Limits. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all the resources and links mentioned in this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you are listening to podcasts. We are on all the main platforms. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps others find us too. Share is caring, so if you know someone would dig this, pass it on. And remember, love has no limits. Keep seeking, keep loving.